Everything Comes From Something is a unoriginal podcast about unoriginality because, well, everything does come from something. My name is Isaac Ransom and I'm one of the hosts of this show and I just wanted to let you know if you enjoy the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ecfspodcast, throw a couple bucks our way alongside we are on all social media platforms uh, except for MySpace, nobody uses that crap and you can find us at ecfspodcast except for Twitter, it's just pod. Again, we appreciate your listenership and support, and enjoy the show. Okay, Lisa, this is what's really bothering me. This is the absolute truth. What is it? People tell me that things smell and I can't smell them. So if I have a weak sense, I I just feel like it's the nose. The nose is the one thing that I cannot get down right correctly. The only thing I can ever smell is food. And it's usually when I'm hungry. How how do you survive like that? (laughs) What? Okay. Of all the senses you could lose, what's the one that you probably don't need the most? I'd say sight. What? Mm -hmm. Sight? Yeah, because you got to be able to smell things. Like, what if you smell gasoline? I feel like... Then you know you got to get out of there. You're going to die. I feel like sight is the absolute worst idea to get rid of. Okay, well, I would rather not lose any of them, but I would really like scent, because if you lose scent, you also lose taste, and I love food. You don't lose taste. Yeah, you do, because you can't... Have you ever plugged your nose and swallowed something, and you can barely taste it? They're connected. You can still taste it. But it's muted. I would die. Well, this show isn't muted. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome (laughs) to Everything Comes From Something. My name is Isaac. And I'm Lisa Brown. Thank you for joining me, Lisa Brown. Today's episode is all about Lisa Brown. Uh, With Everything Comes From Something kind of making big changes, we wanted to bring more guests on the show. We're not going to have a guest every show. I know you're probably thinking that because the last episode we had Ruben on. And really, today, Lisa is our savior. (laughs) Um, for the episode because Cameron was in Florida and our schedules had a conflict and all this stuff messed up and she decided to come on the show early. Probably not going to be your last appearance on the show. This has been meaning to happen for a while. I mean, you've been trying to get me to come on for like a year, so. (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, it just depends on how this goes. Heck yeah, let's see. Lisa, today I want to talk about your personal development since I've known you and, and kind of how I know you all in all. But I think that truthfully you have just incredible perspectives because you're really well spoken and you're also a very respectable person so i want to have you on the show in the future to talk about more controversial stuff we're kind of going to jump over that we don't have a lot of time we've had one heck of a morning oh god i think we need to talk about the morning okay go for it before we get into it like this more this show has just not wanted to happen no you got to give us credit here at everything comes from something we make a show happen every week but this week was rougher than normal because Cameron, he like he couldn't make it onto the show. And I just we it just it felt like everything was going wrong. You know, we only have a short window to record. Um, so today's episode might be a little short because, Lisa, you have to go to work. You're a hard worker. How many jobs do you have? Three currently. What do you even do at three jobs? Can um, you describe them? I work as a barista a couple days a week. I work at a preschool a couple days a week. And I work as an office manager for a roofing company full-time <laughs> so you're super rich right no i live in the bay area so i pay rent so you barely <laughs> you barely get by right? yeah anyways basically lisa and i went to get some coffee because if you know if you've been listening to the show for a while morning shows don't go well 
So I'm sorry. At this point, it's noon practically. And the other thing that happened is I lost my computer charger right before we were going to record. And if we were going to record, it was going to run out of battery. So we basically went on a quest. We only have about 30 minutes of your time, Lisa. So let's get into it. Let's who, make the most of it. Who are you? How, do, um, how the heck do I know who you? Who am I? We found you on the Question street? Question I ask myself every single day. Um, no, so I've known Isaac since high school. We were in some fun clubs together. Geez, honestly, high school was a blur. But we were friends in high school. We also like run in the same crowds. Now we're in college. We're old farts and we're still friends. We're old farts? I'm um, not. A, I'm not. I haven't started my career yet. Unless I mean, this is my career. I got lots of chronic back pain, so I think that counts as being old. <laughs> and you have scabs on your knees. Okay. Skateboarding in Birkenstocks was a bad idea. I knew going into it, and it's just, it's not pleasant, guys. Do you like to skateboard or do you like to longboard? Because I'm a longboard guy. I skateboard. Really? Yeah. I learned how, I learned how to skateboard on a longboard, but then I didn't want to only know how to do that. So I'm getting better on a skateboard now. I'm still a noob. You guys can roast me in the comments, but we don't I'm trying. Comments. Oh, we don't great. Have comments. You don't even have to worry about that. Great. Just Patreon. If you want <laughs> if you want to comment, uh, then you can support us at Patreon. <laughs> podcast. So donate monthly just so you can roast me. <laughs> that's right. That's perfect sales pitch. Yeah. So we've known each other since high school. Um, basically shared a couple classes and was a part of a few clubs. This is what, uh, and honestly, Lisa, I just want to say this out front. This is what I love about you is we can have a conversation about whatever and you're just really well spoken about it and that's what a podcast needs thanks i appreciate that i also genuinely when i have a conversation with someone especially about controversial opinions i still want to be able to walk out with them seeing me as a person and me seeing them as a person and so i would much rather have a normal logical straightforward conversation where like everyone is talking and everyone has an equal platform i mean with some boundaries but some boundaries i also know it's crazy (laughs) like the words you're saying are very normal and it's sad that you have to clarify that in 2019 yeah but honestly isaac you're a great guy and so i i don't have i feel like i don't need to qualify that by saying that when i have conversations with you i know that i'm still gonna respect you afterwards no matter what and i know that you're still gonna respect me which is why i came onto this podcast (laughs) i know what if we just uh, yeah yeah i mean cameron he doesn't respect anyone so i'm just kidding no (laughs) Um, should i be afraid no you shouldn't be afraid okay he's i mean he's very short so you can just laugh at him for that so wow Okay. If he's not here to defend himself, let's just rip him. That's my... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Isaac, I'm going to bring it back because we are short on time. But... Yeah. What how, are you doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? Okay. So I am... Working a lot. Working a lot. But what about school? But school, I go to UC Berkeley. I'm a senior. I'll be graduating next year. I'm really excited. Um, I'm an English literature major because I just love those classics. I also love reading so many pages and writing so many words that i just kind of want to die just kidding um yeah how many papers do you have to write um last midterm season i had to read 1700 pages of text in one week and i wasn't behind that was just like what i needed to read before the midterm and i had to write four 10 to 15 page papers which is not even that bad. Four to t- okay. Four. That's not even that bad. So it was like, it ended up being like 50-ish pages of essays. Right. And then 
had to read don't you love so much when a teacher says 10 to 15 pages and everyone writes 10 yeah but when you're an english major sometimes you have to write 15 i end up finding which is so funny and high school me would never guess that this would be the case but it's for me it's a lot of times as i end up getting over that maximum and have to cut stuff because you'll get marked down if you write more yeah um just because it's like if i wrote a 10 page paper it wouldn't be good enough to get a good grade because i wouldn't have explored things enough and wouldn't have described things or explained my point of view enough um and so it does get kind of tough yeah writing it's weird because when i was in high school i felt like everybody was like you need to learn how to write because in college they're going to make you write like 300 page papers and stuff and just for, that's if you're writing a thesis maybe i legit like feel like i don't write anything in college and maybe it's because I'm studying economics. I probably write a paper, one paper for every three classes I take. I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And usually my papers are at the end of the semester. Okay. They like do an end of the semester paper. And most of the professors, it's funny, and maybe it's just because I go to a state school instead of a UC, but they're like, eh, we figure you have a lot of papers in your other classes. So just study for the mid or the final, you know? Okay. And I'm like, sweet. That's what I like to hear. Although I will say that be- English papers are different than research papers. Mm-hmm. And there's usually research that goes with English papers. But in my experience with the research ones in economics, it is a drag to sit through those numbers and like just read a bunch of scientific studies where these scientists roast each other and stuff. It's just like this is painful and no one else would want to do this work. I guess that's kind of how I see it, but I got you. I don't know. What's your experience with, um, papers in college? Because I only know English essays from like, I mean, I guess GE in college, but I haven't done an English essay in forever. Like what, what is, is, is there anything, does anything change with it? Um, like since writing papers in high school? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you're expected to be a better writer yeah, well, uh, there's more expected yeah. of you um i think what i've noticed the most is that in high school they really tried to give you like a formula of how to write every paper like i used to definitely think that every paper had an intro three body paragraphs and a conclusion and that's it that's how you wrote every single paper right um and then in college very quickly realized like that's not that doesn't make a lot of sense that's not really how like a normal argument flows a lot of the times like sometimes it works fine but a lot of times it works better to have more or less body paragraphs like add other things in like um and so now it's just like I don't even use that format anymore I kind of just brainstorm on a piece of paper and then type it out and then reorganize it see how it works um that probably doesn't make a ton of sense because my writing process is kind of disoriented and disorganized but um I think that's the biggest thing that I found that also has given me, I feel like a lot of more freedom as a writer is knowing that like I don't have to follow anyone else's set guidelines on how it's supposed to look as long as I can get my point across and can organize it in a way that makes sense and flows well with the reader. Um, there we go. Also, um, I'm allowed to be a lot more snarky and sarcastic in my papers um which i really enjoy especially in college because you have more freedom about what you write um half the time you don't even have like a topic 
like you did in high school you didn't have like prompts um you kind of just make up you pick something you feel passionate passionate about and if you can write 15 pages on it then you're good um i wrote a couple (laughs) very very crazy papers that like i was running out of time during midterm season only had a couple of hours to write something before it was due pick something that i was kind of salty about and just whipped out a paper turned it in read it later and was kind of embarrassed that my professor had to read it um but maybe we'll save that for another day that's hilarious <laughs> have you said what you want to do with your degree yet i have not Talk um about it. i want to be a high school english teacher um which isaac and i were talking about earlier today which apparently like he didn't know about me it's not something i keep it a secret but no, I, just, I guess it was a surprise i just didn't know what exactly you were studying i thought it was something english related mm-hmm. because those were the classes we shared yeah in high school we had we had english teachers with a great uh, an awesome teacher mr white which michael white yeah, oh we have to talk about Pour one out for michael white honestly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah mr white was like what was that movie that he showed us dead poet society yeah he basically is that teacher from yeah. dead poet society right and he would never say that out loud he's too humble but Oh, Captain, my Captain. Do you, uh, were you in his senior year class? No. Or are you just in junior year? We stood I, up at the end of senior year and did the Oh, Captain, my Captain thing on our desks for him. And oh he my, cried. Oh, my gosh. Like, during the last day of class. Oh, my God, I love that man. He, um, I mean, this is going on the internet, so maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm not gonna, whatever. I'm gonna brag a little bit. I have Mr. White's address when he moved to Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, he moved from California back to like his hometown and he gave me his address so I can send him letters and care packages. That's amazing. I'm not going to share it with people, but hey, if you're listening and you went to Lee High School and you loved and appreciated Mr. White and you want to write him a little note and thank him, get in contact with me and I'll pop it in my next care package for him. <laughs> I'm sure he would love that. That is great. Isaac, you should do it. I do want to write him actually. I didn't okay. know you had his address. No, I have his address. It's in my iPhone notes. He has definitely impacted the way that I see the world. And mm. agreed. I think that he the way that he made us read some books that we had to read in high school just made awful, treacherous, boring novels come to life. Um I never thought I'd care about Grapes of Wrath, but I do because oh. of that because of that class. And I wasn't convinced till the very end of the book, which is surprising, right? Because when we were reading it, I wrote I have this funny story, I'm sure I've shared it on the show before, about how I wrote a BS English answer about how porta potties were important. And I was like, that's because English is stupid. Legit. That's how I felt in high school. I was like, English is stupid and I'm going to prove it to the class. And so I wrote this answer, like, you know how we do questions about the chapter, right? Mm -hmm. I wrote this answer about the symbolism of porta potties in, in the Grapes of Wrath and no one questioned it. Even Mr. Wyatt was like, this is incredible. Like, good job, Isaac. And I was like, I just proved my point. You know, like it was like a really disgusting, cynical way of doing it. I was like, boom, English is dumb. But then there was this chapter in Grips of Wrath, which I've talked about before on the show. I know I'm redundant. It's the chapter with the diner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have a full episode about um, reading literature in high school. And we talk about this scene that just changed my life in Grapes of Wrath. It's just so visually potent for a book. You know, it's just words, right? And 
it was like in that moment where I was like, wow, there's there's more to this book and Mr. White really brought it to life. He's the kind of teacher that would read a, a book in class and change his voice for the characters mm. in the book. And it was so funny and it just made it so much more entertaining. Freshman year, we read a lot of um, Greek myths because it was part of like the California standards or whatever. I think I had the freshman and junior class with you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, well, then you remember this. <laughs> uh, he, freshman year, when he would be reading these like Greek myths from his little book of Greek mythology, um, he would move his Adam's apple up and down and pretend like the voices of all the different Greek yeah. characters were like trying to get out. Um, he was just, he was such a funny guy. So theatrical. Just, what were some of his catchphrases? He used to call me downtown Lisa Brown. Um, I have no idea why, but. I, I know this is really random and I'm sorry, Wendy, if you're listening to this, but he used to call Wendy <laughs> Bassett Hound. Bassett Hound. Which was like, I was always like, isn't that a little inappropriate? That's her last name is Bassett. I know, but I was just like, this is weird. I just thought it was funny. I mean, he used to call my boyfriend at the time in high school, his last name was Thompson. And so he called him Thompson Water Sealant because apparently that's a brand of like water sealant for, I don't know, shoes or boats or something. Um, he called me Ransom Note. Ransom Note. Oh. Which I, I still love to this day. I'm like, I'm going to name my band Ransom Note or something. You know, like Music Note. Nah. No. I'm like trying to hold back a burp right now. Okay. I just apologize. I just turned my head to the side and burped earlier. There we go. It's done. <laughs> okay, great. Sweet. Uh, Let's keep moving on. We're just really gross in this ratchet studio, aren't we? <laughs> studio? This is a bedroom. Yeah, it is. Um, But let's go back to Mr. White because I feel like we haven't accurately appreciated him enough yet. I just... The thing that really impacted me is he had a moment freshman year where we were reading To Kill a Mockingbird mm. talking about the value of putting yourself in other people's shoes. And I think that most people hear that phrase so often that it means nothing to them. But the way that he taught the book, um, the way that there's like so much at stake for that fictional town, right? He, the way he described it is he was like, this would change your life if you put yourself in other people's shoes first. It would change the way you see people and it would change the results and basically the fruits of your labor when you do this. And that has really impacted me in my personal life. And it was cool because when we were talking about what we wanted to talk about on the show, you were like, let's save the controversial stuff for Cameron. Like we can talk about politics forever. We're kind of lazy. It's the morning, right? When we started talking about Mr. White, your reaction, you were just like, dude, he impacted me so much. Like you like physically got excited about it. And I was like, man, I teared up a little bit. Honestly, th there, there are not many teachers that do that for me. Yeah. Right. And to say like what, five years ago, I was in his class just kind of willy-nilly taking it for free and now looking back and seeing the impact of how much he invested in us. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's powerful. Yeah. it's It really it really has changed my worldview to, in, in, a, in a good way. Yeah, and honestly, he... One of my big things that I remember a lot is, we talked about this a little bit earlier, is he... I believe it was senior year, so you weren't, you wouldn't have been in my class at this point. We no. read um, Cry the Beloved Country, I believe, and in that 
book, there's a character who becomes really jaded just because of all of these horrible things that they've seen um, in the world, just like immense suffering. And um, it just really changes their heart from something pure to something that's callous and like isn't hopeful. And I remember him tearing up, talking to all of these seniors, telling us, you're going out into the real world and I want you to keep your youthful glow and your youthful innocence and don't let the world harden you and don't allow yourself to be jaded because being full of youth and full of life and full of joy is so rare in an adult world and that breaks my heart thinking that you guys will change and be hardened when all I want for you guys is to stay hopeful and to stay joyful and to continue enjoying life and seeing the goodness around you. And he teared up. And like, I cried a little bit in the back of that classroom. Not even going to lie. I was a little embarrassed then. I'm less embarrassed now. Oh, I love that man so much. Like, he's going to, don't know who I'm going to marry, but he's going to be at my wedding. Mr. White will be at my wedding. Really? <laughs> Straight up. Will I be at your wedding? Yeah, Isaac, you, think, you can come. Do you think I finally get to see Mr. White again? That I don't know. It's weird because I have like this strange like destiny where I'm like, I'm going to see Mr. White in the future and be like, you help me get to where I'm at. It'll be at my wedding. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll just be a wash-up at that point. But Don't say that. Don't tell yourself <laughs> short. Okay. But Mr. White, he... Uh, the way he impacted me and I hear that he impacted you and I've heard from so many people like I was on Twitter the other day and we were talking about teachers who impacted us and so many people that I didn't even realize had classes with him I said something about him on Twitter and I said like I he impacted my life he made me want to be a teacher and all of these people that I haven't talked to in years since high school all were responding with their own personal anecdotes of times when he saw they were having a bad time or they heard that like their parents were getting divorced or that their brother died or stuff like that and he just in the kindest most gentle ways would help them he would like excuse them from class or he would like ask them to stay back for a second and like talk to them and check in with them make sure they were okay um like if he knew that you were having a hard day he'd like let you sit in the back and wouldn't call on you and just like let you do your own thing um he also was a hard ass and would push you and make you do the best work that he knew that you could do, but he also cared genuinely about the students that were in his class, and he saw them as people, and he treated them as such. And when I first went to college, I didn't know what I was going to be, um, like, big picture. Um, I thought I was going to be a nurse for a little while because that was something my family had kind of encouraged me to go into, um, but... It took a little while and I realized that I really genuinely missed that joy that I got from English classes when I was just surrounded by all of these science classes, which I genuinely enjoy science. It's so interesting, but I missed that opportunity for like imagination and for analysis and discussion of literature that I just so crave um, and I just like thrive in those environments. And so I started taking more of those classes and switched my major to English and at first people were like, oh, you're an English major. Of course, you're going to be a high school English teacher, right? I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm going to be a writer, whatever. Um, and I do love to write creatively, but I've gotten to a point where I know that that's not what I want to do for my job. Like, for my job is I want to be, an, I want to be like Mr. White. I want to be, have a classroom filled with kids where if I can get them to read one book 
and enjoy it. Like, if they read Macbeth and like it, so be it. If they hate Macbeth, so be it. If they read To Kill a Mockingbird and love it, like, if we can get them to love one classic and can get them to enjoy reading and to discuss, like, the human condition with their students and at least be somewhat engaged, but also, more importantly, can just, like, have human-to-human contact with kids because high school sucks, dude. High school is so hard for so many people, and I know for me, it was like a huge mental health journey um and i needed at a lot of points in my life i needed people who believed in me to tell me that they did and i needed people who cared about me to tell me that they did and people who saw things in me that i didn't at that point i needed to hear it and mr white was one of those teachers and he was I've had other teachers too, and I feel bad that I'm not naming them right now, but he is the one that sticks out in my mind every single time I think about it, of people who, at my worst times, when I thought that I wasn't going to go to college and I wasn't going to be able to do anything with my life and, like, that I was an unimportant, like, aspect to the world, um, like, just encouraged me and shared just like a like a genuine love for me and for his students and I genuinely appreciate that and like I want to be that for students I want to be able to when I want to be able to encourage them and just shine light in one way like if I can I feel weird saying if I can touch their lives because that sounds like such a Pinterest mom stereotypical comment but seriously it's just I feel like that's my what brings me so much joy is I don't need to be famous or like change the world in a big aspect like I get the most joy by like changing the world in small steps and knowing that like I've impacted people on the interpersonal level where if my friend is having a bad day and I bring her coffee and I know that she's gonna get out of bed and be okay for a couple hours you know what I mean like that brings me joy and I know that being in a classroom like that and being able to just be there for kids and heck yeah they're gonna roast me because I get way too excited about Shakespeare and about (laughs) all of those things like I'm a geek I'm gonna geek out about the grapes of wrath just like you did a little bit earlier like they're gonna roast me they're gonna make fun of me that's fine but it all in the end like I think it's gonna be worth it and I'm really excited to have that opportunity as an English major right Mm -hmm. I feel like there there are things that I've taken I mean God bless Mr. White helped me learn how to write and I passed a writing test so I don't have to take any extra <laughs> classes in college, right? But honestly, a lot of that has transitioned to the content we create on this show, right? A lot mm-hmm. of our episodes try to lean towards a thesis. And as an audience listener, hearing this story about a teacher, I'm sure that you as an audience member can relate to someone who's impacted you with exp- like an exponential growth in your life to some degree. And I love how it comes full circle with you, Lisa, or Lisa, sorry, Lisa, Lisa. Uh, you know, aneurysms. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, it comes full circle with you talking about like how you're inspired to want to do that for people as well. I guess my question to you is whether someone is going into teaching or not, what do you think are the valuable attributes of someone who really pours into people's lives, you know? Someone like Mr. White, we can just look at him. You were talking about he had like this genuine love and care. How can we apply that to like what we do on a day-to-day basis? I think that's a real tough one uh, I'm that sure, you're sidling me with right now. I know. I'm sure that like what's weird is that an English teacher has 
that opportunity and yet so many english teachers miss that mark mm. right but but i do see teachers being placed in a on a platform to do that easier than most people mm-hmm. but i think that most people can invest in other people's lives like all of us have access to some form of a platform mm-hmm. um so like looking at mr white i don't and because like they just don't teach this in school right mm-hmm. they don't teach you this in college even if you're going into something that's teaching what are the things you think someone needs to work on if they want to really pour into people in a healthy way? I think it really starts with going back to, and this might be biased because this is what I said earlier about with really stick, the one frank conversation that he had with us that really stuck with me is that idea of like not being jaded and still, though the world around us is really dire sometimes and really sad and really messed up. And sometimes it's really, really easy to see like, that there are bad there's bad in everyone and sometimes it feels like that bad is overwhelming and that's all that the world is i think that for me personally and i think what made mr white such a great teacher too is that he didn't let that stop him from still seeing the good in the people around him and seeing the positive impact that he could have and going from there you know like even though the world is hard and like even though not don't want to roast anybody but during the time we went to our high school lee high school was a dumpster fire um (laughs) we went through three principals and three administrative administrative changes and i can't even tell you how many different deans we had while we were there that's crazy three different principals out of the every single year was a massive overhaul people like mass exodus of teachers just horrible things that were going on and he still regardless like just was so good and was able to um sorry isaac's checking that time making sure we're okay um just i don't know that's what i was saying is just most important is i think that knowing that even though the world is bad like you have the opportunity to make be the good in someone's day And even though sometimes it seems like that bad or that evil in the world is insurmountable and it's a mountain that we cannot climb and we cannot overcome, I think that it's still important to know that sometimes small good things are the big things because sometimes you're the only good someone's going to see in a day and you have no idea what other people are going through. So if, like I used to be a small group leader for a group of middle school girls and I was every single week I was supposed to get through a lesson plan with them and I was supposed to teach them and we were only supposed to talk about their week for like 10 minutes. Um, I very often used to break that rule and I would, I would fight people on it when they would tell me to change this and to stick more to the lesson plan is because a lot of those girls had really tough lives and sometimes they wouldn't want to talk about it. So I didn't have a ton of information about it, but I knew that some of those girls That was the only time all week that someone would genuinely look at them and say, hi, what was the best part of your week and what was the worst part of your week? And that was the only time that they got to talk about that and that they got to have people listen to them and care about them and be happy with them and hear their struggles for the week and how they overcame it. Like, that's it. And that was the end of it. And I was like, if this is the only time those girls get, hell yeah, we can spend 45 minutes doing it. (laughs) And who cares about the lesson? Like, let's do it. Um, and I just think it's situations like that where it's sometimes you are the only person who's going to listen to someone that day 
sometimes you're going to be the only person who's going to like give someone a hug that day and sometimes you're going to be the only person who can help someone get through i don't know it's it's tough but that's kind of my philosophy is no matter where i'm at i try to still put good in the world and i try to let that good overflow from me because you just never know yeah you never know what the exponential growth is i mean just Mm -hmm. think about this right lisa and i haven't been in high school for what four or five years now it's gonna be five years soon. yeah it's gonna be five years Jeez, five-year reunion's coming up. Oh, is that a thing? I think so. I don't think I'm gonna go. It's a that. bar crawl. Yikes! Not Wait, is it real? Some classes do it, and some of them oh, don't. Wow, I don't think I'd even be invited if I. I don't think anybody knew I went to high school. Are you kidding me? Okay, <laughs> but that's besides. What were you saying? Uh, what were you saying? Five years out from high school, mm-hmm. they're like, we are two ex high school students. We graduated, right? Two graduated high school students five years later talking about one teacher on a podcast that exists on the internet. Mm-hmm. That, like, the fact that someone's legacy is has permeated this far is incredible. And it's all because of this genuine care for people outpouring this good. And I know it can seem a little, like, cheesy, right, talking about this. But I think the biggest excuse that most of us take is we say well we don't have a platform you know and i'm sure they you know you might listen to the show and think well it's easy for you to say isaac you have a platform you can talk on a podcast or you know maybe your job allows you to do that but i guarantee if you spend the time to look there is a place where you can invest in people you have a platform somewhere whether it's in younger family members in your friends groups at work somewhere right there is a place or an opportunity for you to output this good and so i know this comes across a little harsh but like it's really up to you mm-hmm. right and if you want to have your name mentioned on a podcast five years from now at some random internet like release right you never know i don't know who's going to talk about me in five years i don't know who's going to talk about you in five years lisa but like that's an exciting thing to actually consider when you're tackling your day. And honestly, like, I love the positivity in the message that you're saying. And I love, like, that your career is aligning with being able to do that even more efficiently. It's, like, incredible. I appreciate that. Totally. And that just made me think of a great quote from one of my favorite philosophers, Miss Hannah Montana. Wow. Life's what you make it, so let's make it right. <laughs> That's it. Why that popped into my head, I have no idea. That's intense. But that was just it. <laughs> Guys, we only had 30 minutes to record. This episode's been super short. I don't know. Do you have more time, Lisa? It's 11.45. Oh, I need to get going. We need to get going. I have not decided if I'm going to keep recording anything after this, um, but Lisa, I, I love that end quote. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm excited to come you're back gonna, again if you're you gonna let me. You're okay, going to be great. back. You're going to be back. Trust I me. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to me, guys. Yeah. Ramble and not have any. Honestly, thank any you for stepping say. in super fast. Um, just things didn't line up with our schedule. So we hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. Everything Comes From Something is currently 100% fan funded and it wouldn't happen without our executive producers, Darren O'Neill, Kiana Layap, and Eric and Ariel Walk. Seriously, thank you so much 
for supporting the show. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast where you can support and join our community just making this podcast grow and build and become a better show overall. If you don't have a few bucks to spare, please consider giving us a rating on iTunes or telling a friend about the show because truly that's how podcasts grow. So again, we love you guys. We appreciate your time and support and thank you for continuing to just listen and give us feedback on everything comes from something. Your listenership is what drives us to continue to make this content and it truly means a lot to us. Uh, Thanks again and we will see you next week.